Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Anxious Lad Podcast. My name is Matt Keenan, thanks a million for tuning in as always. And with me in the virtual Anxious Lad studio tonight is ex-soldier, uh, part-time mountaineer, um, Darren Mill. Darren, how you doing, buddy? Good, mate. I'm good, mate. Great. Listen, thanks a million for taking the time out to talk to me, buddy. I really, really appreciate it. No, thank, thanks for inviting me on your, uh, on your podcast. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, no bothers. No bothers. I think, look, just before we get into everything, I think, you know, from from my perspective, um, just to show, I guess, a little bit of gratitude and virtual high five and, and all that kind of stuff and the work that you're doing, I guess, to raise awareness um, around men's mental health and mental health as a whole, I guess. Um, so I kind of came across Darren through regular listeners to the, the podcast will remember adam um and the guys from man club and darren recently took on what like for for, for me somebody who doesn't get out walking <laughs> that often took on an eye water and challenge in in walking the wainwright mountain range in the lake district in england which is 214 mountains over 18 days like what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I'd done a map of the route, and um, every time I used to open the map up, I was I was getting nervous about it. To be honest with you, every time I was looking at it, I was trying not to have a look at it. You know, but um, it's like anything, really. It's taking it in bite-sized chunks. So yeah, uh, yeah. obviously, the planning and and getting into it, and and obviously working as a mountain leader, I I'd done quite a few of the the rain whites already. And, and from Christmas up until May, I'd done quite a big training program. I, I'd done the West Highland Way in five days, uh, sort of backpacking all the way along. And, you know, that, that was good build up. And then I was going to the lakes most weekends as well, um, just piecing in little bits of the walk and where, or where I was going to wild camp and stuff like that, to be honest with you. So it was a, it was a massive effort. I had a team of four people behind me as well who were, who were volunteers to be honest with you help with my logistics uh one of them was a well two of them were ever mountain leaders one of them lives in the in the lake district um so yeah I, I had a good support team behind me as well just to to help me if i come across any problems yeah yeah and i guess you need that because it's it's not like <clears throat> it's not like going for a sunday stroll up <laughs> up the woods <laughs> i mean this is this is hardcore like this it's this is 18 days out in the the wilderness and the the lovely cold horrible <laughs> uk similar to here so like the, the training the, the build-up to it i guess must have been must have been incredible mate and obviously the challenge itself would have obviously it did take its toll on you and we'll i guess we'll get into that in a little bit as well yeah. but um so you started we we spoke obviously like all the guests i have on the show we always have a conversation prior to actually recording the podcast so um I don't know from what you were telling me. So you'd your your days in as a squaddy, as a as a soldier, um, in in the army, and then coming out of that, and then getting into construction work, and you've always been a bit of a a hiker, a mountain walker, that kind of mountaineer, that kind of stuff. Um, but you found that really helped you get back into it with your mental health and your anxiety and and everything else. So do you want to, I guess, give the guys a bit of a background into Darren, who he is, where all that came from? Yeah, yeah. I I, I was in the army. I was in the Grenadier Guards. Um, I was in reconnaissance platoon. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, went to some amazing places. I, I think 
what gave me the, the taste for the outdoors was going to South Georgia down by the Antarctic with the Royal Marines doing four and a half months down there. It was unbelievable, you know, just being down there and, and it was like, this is what mountains really are, you know. And, and from there, and when I left the army, I didn't do much walking or anything after that. Obviously, life life takes over and a family and a mortgage and all them bits and pieces. Yeah. However, in probably, I think it was 2008, just when we had the big recession, I really come down badly with mental health. It just come upon me. I just one day I started getting pains in my chest. I thought, to be honest, with you, I was having a heart attack. I wasn't. My, my mind was just, you know, it just wasn't there. I wasn't in a very good place. It just crept on. When it was a, it was a combination of a lot of things. When I think back now, and then a couple of years, obviously, it's like you know we've got some really good clubs out there now, like Man Health and Man Club. And, and back then, there was nowhere where I could speak and, and go and talk to someone. So I just sort of, I, I dealt with it myself, really. And I wish, like, now I could have spoke to someone because talking is, mm -hmm. is massive, you know, and yeah, yeah. it really is. And so, yeah, so, so to carry on the journey. And, and then in sort of early 2011 and 12, I, I went on holiday with my wife up to Scotland, went and trained, got on a train journey, went round and saw Ben Nevis, and, and it just sort of brought back the memories of being in the outdoors. And then from that moment on, when I got back, rucksack, into the Lake District, and I really started doing lots of mountains, and that was a massive uh, turning point for me. With was exercise, really, getting outdoors, doing some sort of exercise. There's there's no quick easy fix of, of trying to repair yourself. You just got to be strong, and and like I said to you the other week, I'm quite regimental, you know. So every day I'm getting up, I'm doing my push ups and sit ups. I, I like the exercise, but going back to the mountains when i was in the army i started doing my mountain leader qualification so i set myself a challenge of finishing that off so getting in the mountains i had to get when you become a mountain leader you have to get so many uh, logs before you can be assessed Matt. so i had to get 40 so i had some from the army but i needed to get about another 20 so i went up to scotland okay. i went to wales um whenever the wife let me out i was i, I was hitting the mountains you know and, and, and racking them up and one of my other friends come out with me as well me we make liam he's, he's an ex-scotty as well and then before I knew it, I was in 2018, I was doing my uh, mountain leader assessment in Wales. I passed that. Um, I was out in the mountains for three days and I didn't want it to end, to be honest with you, because being the next squad, I was just in my element being like yeah, map yeah. and compass navigating and it was like amazing, you know. And you forget about, you know, life and emails and bits and pieces and you're just out in the mountains and you're just, you know, worrying about looking after yourself and walking to the next mountain. And it was, it was really, really good. And, so I started my own little business, um, got a website, walking in the mountains, um, taking people out. And then I ended up working with some veterans from Sunderland, veterans in crisis, took them up Scarfell Pike. And then I started working with Launchpad in Newcastle. So that's another veteran society. Re really, really good. So if anyone's listening to this, look them up because them guys are really, really good uh, veterans charities, to be honest with you, in the northeast of England. I think Launchpad covers... Uh, Liverpool as well. I think they're over that way. So I started working with those guys, volunteering, and basically was meeting them in the Lake District and taking them up the mountains. And, and being an ex-squaddy, we, we had that, you know, bit camaraderie and chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was really, really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm really into that. I like helping ex-veterans, to be honest with you, and being a veteran myself. So yeah, and then it led on to my birthday this year. So I was thinking I was 50 this year in May. So I thought, what, what, what can I do? You know, there's some mountains I really want to climb and I want to go to the Alps and, and do the Matterhorn and, and loads of other stuff. And I thought, mm. well, I can't really get the time off. The wife will probably not let me do that. And I <laughs> thought, what else can I do? And I thought, well, <laughs> the Lake District is is not on my doorstep, but it's it's just under two hours for me to get there from Durham. And uh, I thought, right, I'm going to set myself a challenge. So I looked into it and not many people have done it. So I wanted to do all the Wainwrights unsupported. 
uh, basically walking to him, um, five foot, starting in Keswick and finishing Keswick. So I looked it up and there's a bloke who'd done it before called James Forrest. So I put a call out, I reached out to him. He was really cool. He's a mountaineer. He gave me loads of advice. He sent me like the, the route cards, emailed him over. He was really, really helpful fella. And then I built up this year and then come May, um, I started on the uh, 20th of May. My birthday was on the 23rd of May. So I thought, right, I'm going to be out on the 23rd of May for my 50th birthday, walking all these mountains. <laughs> Starting in Keswick, it was really good. Day one was good. So I'd done 30 kilometers. Um, day two was really good. Day three was really good. So on my birthday on the 23rd, up to this point, I'd done 32 mountains in 90 kilometers in three days. So I was on target. So basically, I had to do about 30 kilometers every day. But it's not right. walking flat, Matt. It was like. Yeah, yeah. Roller coaster, you know, so you're going up great cable and back down, yeah. and yeah. like you can see the next mountain and then going up and then down, and so it was it was quite a linear route, you know, what I was doing. But I had a good, mm-hmm. I said, a good good support team behind me. Um, so on the on my birthday on the 23rd of May in the evening, it was about eight o'clock. I reached a pub, I thought I'd have a pint to celebrate my birthday. Had that, um, and then found somewhere to to camp for the night. It was um, I found like a little hostel down by Lowswater and um, crashed in there. Um, and then through the night, I started feeling quite bad. Um, I don't know if I drank some water or something really disagreed with me. I'd been filtrating all the water. Um, so I was really careful that way. And then in the morning, mate, I really deteriorated. I didn't have the strength um, even to get out of bed, to be honest with you. So a bug, a stomach bug really got hold of me. And just to, to tell you how bad it was, um, when I got back home, I lost a stone in four days. So I went from 13 stone to 12 stone in four days. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I was totally deflated. I had a lot of people get behind me and support me, um, but I will not be beaten. I'm going to get back out and finish the challenge off, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the aim with the, my, my challenge and, and the reason I wanted to do it was to raise awareness of mental health and what being in the outdoors can do to people and, and how it can help you and boost your self-esteem, which mm-hmm. it can massively. And I think for me, as we said the other day, when when I wasn't in such a good place, was exercise for me was was massive it really was a massive turning point in my life with my mental health and when i look back now and and i still carry on i do my push-ups and sips every day i get out of walking loads if it's if it's with the dogs or me in the mountains at the weekends i try and do loads of that and it's amazing what exercise can do for you and a lot of mm-hmm. it's free you know you need to go and walk around the park or somewhere it's or walk down the beach or whatever you need to do it's massive and and i really can't say enough how much exercise can can help you with with your mental health and obviously your fitness as well you know so uh, yeah definitely but that's that's a bit of the story really of, of, of me doing the rain rides in um in what the challenge was i mean i got some really good back and i had some outdoor companies get behind me um i got scarpa they they, they gave me some more boots um another outdoor shop gave me another 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 jacket um really really good you know because i told them what, what i was doing it for and, and obviously yeah, yeah. I was really passionate about that, to be honest with you, and raising awareness for mental health and, and being being in the outdoors and the two charities. So I, I obviously spoke with Man Club and Man Health and obviously Adam at Man Club, absolutely cracking bunch of lads, to be honest mm. with you. Really, really good. And what they're doing is amazing, you know. It really, really is. And in, in Man, in Man Health as well do something similar where there's drop-in centres where yeah, you yeah. Know, blokes can go out and, and chat. And, and that's what I wished going back to 2008 and nine when, when I wasn't in such a good place, I wish that was there. You know, I wish that yeah. groups where you can go and speak to someone and say, look, 
I, I need to talk to someone. I, I need to get this off my chest. I need to speak to someone and, and reach out. And and I think it's massive. As, as you know, Matt, talking is is so such a big thing. To be honest, oh, with it you. is. Yeah, yeah. Being able 100%. to listen and in in and take on board what people are saying yeah. is is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And it is. It is. It's one of those things that like it sounds so simple. Do you know what I mean? Like people expect yeah. a big convoluted solution to. To, to mental health and, and obviously look there's there's therapy and counsellors and psychotherapy and all that kind of stuff and you know there's ways you're, you're still talking to a professional but they have ways of picking and getting to the root cause and all of that kind of dissecting what you're saying and you know going deeper and deeper and stuff but the start of it is just that start talking to somebody you know it's it's yeah. it, 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 like I, I did a I did a talk at a company a couple of weeks ago um they, they they had me in to give a seminar to to all of their staff about mental health in the workplace and all like one of the guys had asked me you know what's what can we do as leaders to be better and I'm like shut up and listen if somebody comes to talk to you you know don't assume yeah. that they want time off don't assume that we'll reduce the workload or anything like that because you you could be on one side you could be reinforcing the fact that, that whole man up thing and men shouldn't talk whatever by saying to him, okay, take time out, you could reinforce that, that he shouldn't have opened his mouth in the first place. Because now he's going to say, oh, they don't want me here, or this, that, and you're, you know, trying to get you out the door, or whatever. Um, and I'm like, just just listen to him, just talk to him. You know, maybe taking two weeks off is not what he wants. It could, could be the worst thing for him, you know, getting out of that. Yeah. Um, maybe reduce the workload, maybe increase the workload. Maybe he's not busy enough and his, his mind is playing tricks on him. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it is, as you say, right, those... The clubs like like um man club and stuff like that, like with Adam and 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 Kyle and Stephen and the lads, like I did. So I did an episode with, with Adam because we're actually we're we're in a similar dad group on Facebook and that's how I ended up meeting him. And then so I did a podcast with Adam and then we did a live version of the podcast then with, with the four lads. Uh, and yeah, they're just they're top love and just lads wanting to help, you know. They've all suffered with their mental health. They've all seen the benefits of just having that conversation. And and the way they do it, they've obviously got the football nights, they've got the badminton nights, they've the walking mornings, they've the tea and butty mornings of a Sunday or whatever. That's it. And the whole thing is just getting lads around and, and, and talking. But, like, to your point, go back. I mean, you can go back nearly 10 years. That that wasn't available to anybody. Do you know what I mean? You're, but I think yeah. we're, we're getting better at it now. There's a lot more of these groups that pop up. There's a lot of, I did it, another podcast just before, just after Christmas, I think it was, um, with a group down in London called the Proper Blokes Club. And that was the same thing during COVID. Um, his mental health was, was really bad. Um, and he just started walking, getting out and going for a walk by himself every day. Um, and then he thought, you know what, I'm going to do a, a blog about this. And he started blogging. And then he put up one, like, if anybody wants to join me, one guy turned up. The two of them went for a walk. And then now there's, I think there's seven or eight different proper bloke meetups. There's one every yeah, day, basically. But, but they're in different areas of, of London. Um, and it's it's massive. Like, it's absolutely massive. Um, yeah, that's good. As you say, it is, he's using he's using the, the same thing of, of, of just getting out, getting walking and... A walk and talk, as he, <laughs> as he, as he exactly. does. No, it's yeah. it's it's massive, and it was like it was going back to two thousand and two thousand nine. I ended up getting made redundant, and and what I found when when I when we me, me mental health spiraled a bit was 
there was a lot of factors that combined itself together and then it must have just exploded, you know, and, yeah. and that's yeah. why. But I think it was like I said, when, when we were chatting the other day, I, I ended up buying a shop. So when I got made redundant for me, construction job in, in me, in me mental health wasn't great. Um, I bought a shop and it, it was great. I, I had a fishing tackle shop for a year. You know? It was just completely different direction. <laughs> and like I used to do loads of fishing. And I thought, why? There's a shop there um, in, in Sunderland. It, it was derelict. I went to see the, the landlord and he goes, yeah, no problem. He goes, look, good luck. I'll, I'll give you three three months free rent. Just like don't bump us. Do do what you need to do to the shop. And I got a couple of my pals together and we and we gutted the shop out. And there was loads of secondhand stuff in there. And we put it out on the street and put free to a good home. And it was just like... <laughs> really fun you know what i mean it was like yeah, yeah, blokes yeah. having a laugh as well and like so we, <laughs> we, we kept the shop out in um for a year it was amazing you know and, and that helped me to be honest with you but that was me starting the exercise because on the shop window people put flowers on there and and someone put one on there for aikido to learn martial arts so i had to see it every day and then i thought do you know what why don't you give that a go why don't you try some exercise of, of aikido and and that was really massive again a massive turning point where i started to feel better in myself you know it was i wasn't 100 percent and i still kept checking in and thinking am i okay am i gonna have an you know a bit of an episode here and stuff like that but it, it was massive road to recovery it really mm -hmm. really was you know there's no easy fix it was going to aikido twice a week and then at first i was nervous i was going into a group of people i didn't really and normally before i was really confident and i was like well, no, just do it, down. Just do it, you know. Just step through that door and see. And and that was massive. Going on the mat and and, and exercising. That was the start of my journey of road to recovery. It was it was really really good. Um, and then obviously that led on to the mountains a, a couple of years later. But I remember when I suffered badly with mental health. I was just I just thought I was going to die all the time. I was like sleeping at night. I had pains in my chest. It was. I went to the doctor. He goes, you you know you're a fit healthy bloke. There's there's, there's nothing wrong with you that way. And but you know yourself, your mind is such a powerful, yeah, powerful yeah. tool, and and it was a, a massive fog. But I think when we chatted the other day, when when we talked about lockdown, for me, I, I took a lot of positives out of that. You know, I, I really got into my exercise then from, you know, structured myself. I, I was furloughed for a little while, so I was getting up every day. I was taking my wife to work, coming home, um, doing work in the garden. Obviously, having to work out in the morning. So that work out in the morning for me, I get up every day. So I, I am, I am quite a structured person. I don't know if it's from the army, but I get up quarter to six, have a cup of tea, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, I've got a pull-up bar, and I don't look at my phone, I try and leave my phone till I go to work now, so there's no distractions from social yeah. media or anything like that, I try and park my phone up, so I'm in a good place, and in probably the last three or four years, I've not really had, the, the mental health is just like, disappeared into the sun, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, which is a good yeah, thing yeah. to be yeah. honest with you, it's, yeah. it's disappeared, yeah. you know, it, it's like, right, I, I catch later, but it's made me a stronger person because i know when i get into a situation if i feel panicky i think hang on a second it's all right you know what i mean and then it's it, you you can deal with it you know but in the yeah, early yeah. days it's very difficult right you know if people listening to this i sympathize with you because it is awful i wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy of having mental health in your mind and, and mm -hmm. what it can do to you it is it is awful um but yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think going back to exercise and being positive as well and having a little bit of structure in your day, you know, um, is that's what helped me. I'm not going to say it's going to help everyone else, Matt, but that was a massive, um, a, a massive sort of way forward for me was was exercise 100% in the mountains as well, you know, getting back out there and, you know, sleeping under a tent on top of Scarfell Pike or whatever, you know, it definitely clears <laughs> your head when you got the stars above you and, 
and there's no one else. But I, I really do, you know, if it's like I've had a busy couple of weeks and I, I do need to sort of recharge myself. And it's grabbing, it's grabbing some kit out the back here and, and filling the rucksack and jumping in the car and, and hitting the lengths or Wales or Scotland or wherever it may be and, and, and going straight up there. And it's great, to be honest with you. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, you hear, <clears throat> like, the... You're not going to get into the ins and outs of it now, but like, you know, everyone always says the benefits of exercise, you know, releasing the endorphins and all that kind of stuff and, you know, getting your mental health back and keeping an eye on it in that sense, I guess. And, and you know, the physical fitness definitely helps the mental fitness side of things and stuff. And I guess yeah, there's still a lot of people out there who maybe think that, you know, you have to go to the gym and you have to be, killing it in the gym for, for, for two hours a day and getting that ripped body right. look kind of stuff. But, you know, as you've quite rightly said and proven with the people that you work with and, and, and the different walking groups that have seen the guys that I've spoken to, even as you say, just getting out for a walk is, is, is massive on a, on, on a daily basis, yeah. you know, just 15, 20 minutes on your own without a phone, without distractions, without that, and just yeah. just get out and go for a walk somewhere if you if, if if that's all you can do. You know, you don't you don't have to be killing it in the gym or and a lot of people with anxiety won't go to the gym because on the one side they're too, you know, they, they don't know how to approach somebody or approach a coach or a trainer or something. And um I know like I was in and out of gyms for a long time. My brother used to go mad at me like because he's a, a big gym bunny, <laughs> my older brother. And every couple of years, I'd pop up and say, right, I'm going to get into going to the gym. What do, I, what do I need to do? And I'd probably do it for about two weeks, and I'd be on my own, and I'm like, nah, forget this. Or I'd go in, and I'd, I'd, I'd spend maybe 15, 20 minutes on the treadmill or something, and then be like, right, I need to go and get to those machines. And then I'd get down, and I'd look at them. My anxiety would kick in, and I'd feel everybody staring at me, so I'd just turn around and walk out. Do you know what I mean? And I just, just it was never yeah, yeah. a place I was at. If I was there with somebody, then that's a different story altogether because I can go in yeah, and I yeah. can work out with that person or whatever. But if I was on my own, the furthest I'd probably get is to the treadmill or a bike, and and then that's right. it. I'm 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 done. You know, if um if if somebody was with me, it was a lot easier for me to to kind of go through with it. See, I um for me, I I don't go to the gym at all. I I do all my exercises, and I think back to my army days. So I do loads of push ups. I've got a pull up bar and sit ups and stretching. So I, I do everything at home, uh, you know what I mean? I, I, I do it outside or, or or in here, and that's what I do every morning. So no matter what the weather, I mean, I've been outside in the snow before doing pull-ups when it's a snowstorm <laughs> away. But but I see that as a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah, that yeah. as a challenge now. And, and it's like going back to um, my mental health. Years ago, I used to dread going into meetings, and, and we touched on it last week, you know, I was so nervous and like, but now I see that as a challenge, you know, like mm. I think to myself, right, I need to go and speak to all these people here. And and you get a little bit nervous, of course you do, but I still think, well, challenge yourself, Darren. You can deal with that. You, you can go and speak to them people. You can do this, you know. And But that's built up over a period of time. When I think back 10 or 12 years ago, the ground would have just swallowed me up, you know. Yeah, I, I just yeah. would not have had, I would have wanted to have run out of that room as quickly as possible. But now I feel more confident where I I see that as a challenge, and then when when you you know you start talking to a group of people and stuff, and you get into it, it's really good, and you and you feel like really good inside yourself. I think you know I've done this now, and it just leads you on and leads you on, and it builds that strength up and the tools for you to have a better mind. De definitely, you know, try and clutter your mind. That's what I try and do each morning: is is get up, have a cup of tea, 
leave the phone to one side, get mm-hmm. this, put that out the way, right, and go, right, I, I, I'll look at that a bit later on in the day, eight, nine o'clock time, whenever. In the morning, that's my, my time to push-ups, sit-ups, and then have a shower, cold shower, mind you. <laughs> Only but, but, but a warm shower on a Saturday and a Sunday with five days of cold showers. And then <laughs> I, I find that really helps, actually. Having a cold shower in the morning. It's only something I've started doing the last six months. I haven't jumped into the ocean like you yet, Matt, but I think it's coming, <laughs> to be honest. It's yeah. <laughs> not it, far it, away. No, no. And it's funny you say that because, like, I only started. And, I like, I, look, there's, there's lads. So where I'm from in, in Bray County Wicklow, it's a seaside town. Do you know what I mean? So I've, I've got to see a 10-minute walk from from my house. Um, and I, I grew up here, so uh, growing up beside the sea, always in it as a kid. Um, but now being that bit older and stuff, and, and sea swimming has become a huge thing over here now. You know, and every time you get down to the beach, there's just gangs of people with the, the dry robes and the you know the big the big jackets and and, and the whole lot. And so myself and my wife said last year we thought, okay, let's let's give it a go. Now, there's guys that do it every day of the week, twelve months a year. You know. Um, I'm not that brave, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> um, we started last year around, it was around June time, the end of June. Um, must have been around the end. I had actually, I, I broke my leg last year, so it was just after I came out of the cast, we started doing oh, okay. it. Um, and I was swimming then up until, <clears throat> up until the 1st of December. Um, I was in because I actually did a cold water challenge. It was called for Pieta House, which is a, a, a suicide charity over here. Okay. Um, so I did the, the November cold water challenge. So the idea f- for that challenge was whether it was jumping into a, a lake, a river, a cold shower, it didn't matter. It was it was 30 seconds to a minute every day of cold water that was the challenge yeah, basically yeah. so um because i'd been swimming up until that point in the sea i thought right i'm going to keep going um and obviously we we're getting into winter time and everything else there was days where i couldn't do it bringing back to your point about the cold showers that's when i started having cold showers then because i found i was missing the shock of the cold water every day um yeah, yeah. so so now every it's... evening when i'm every every day when i'm um having me shower now I'll, I'll have a normal shower i'm not as brave as you where it's it's once or twice a week i'll have me normal shower every evening and then when i'm when i'm finished washing and doing everything else i'll turn it to cold and i'll just stand in the cold water there for a couple of minutes um and right. like i said to you before we hit record on the on the call i find it helps with the breathing because your yeah yeah first Definitely. initial reaction is to is to kind of go <laughs> and and start taking me up quick rapid breaths but people who suffer with anxiety are generally doing that anyway that's how we breathe like i know my my breathing only comes to here on a normal basis do you know what i mean i i, I breathe quite shallow anyway um so i find as you say like it really does help i find it helps with the breathing it calms you down it just it's almost like a grounding do you know what i mean definitely no yeah. i i normally um when i'm when I'm going in the shower, I, I normally put um, a song on for the th- last three or four minutes and I try and leave that song on when I'm in the shower. So I know I've done the definitely three or four <laughs> minutes by the end of the uh, by the end of the song finishing in the shower. But um, yeah, it's good. Like I said, normally five, five days a week, Monday to Friday. And then the, and I try and eat and, and diet as well, really. You know, I try and fuel myself with some decent food as well during the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 
the weekend's a little bit different because it might be a pizza in, in bits and pieces that creep in. But during the week, yeah, I yeah. do try and um, try and eat the right foods as well. You know, it's it's good porridge in the morning as well, and, and blueberries and fruit and, and stuff like that, and fish. That's what I sort of eat during the week, especially this year when I've been training for obviously going up in the lakes and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, a fit body, a fit mind, as he used to say in the army. To be honest with you, yeah, um, yeah. it does, it, it does, it does sort of help and and, and, and cl- if I, I find it unclutters my mind by having exercise and and doing stuff like me walking and and working out in the morning. It it really has, and it's been so. I started that fully in lockdown, so that's what three years nearly now, and that has helped massively. Really, really mm-hmm. has to. I was I was in a good place before that, but I think that's really like I said, that's sort of really propelled me to a better level within within my mind 100 percent. to be honest with you it really yeah. has yeah and it is like it's it's just those little i guess even just incremental changes isn't it like as you say right the the routine with the food with the diet that kind of stuff not you know lashing 10 cups of coffee every day or sugary fizzy drinks all the time that's high in caffeine that's like you know if you have anxiety they're the worst things in the world i mean it's not going to cutting it out is not going to cure it either you know i've I've a lot of guys who will message me and say you know i i I drink two or three cups of coffee a day do i need to stop i'm like not really it's not where your anxiety comes from do you know what i mean um it in moderation obviously still drink your coffee do you know what i mean your anxiety is stemming from something that happened years ago when it's triggering you now you know it's not drinking your coffee is not going to cure you all of a sudden so don't be worrying about that but um moderation i think in 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 the field but definitely definitely from the the exercise thing definitely i i stopped i used to drink a lot of coffee and and i stopped and i probably i can't remember when i gave up coffee it must be four or five years ago so i moved on to tea but i only have a, a wheat tea do you know what i mean it's not like mm. a builder's tea where it's like a, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the cup's fully staining it's like the, you know the strongest cup of tea so i normally have uh two or three cups it's one in the morning one at mid-morning and one in the afternoon and that is it mm-hmm. but I, I find the, the, the coffee and you're 100 right it it for me, I, I found it contributed towards my anxiety, to be honest with you. And that's mm. when I thought, right, try and take the things out of your life that are contributing to the anxiety that, that can contribute massively. Try and pack them up if you can and, and use things that are going to help you, you know, in eating like like porridge and, and blueberries and stuff. Because there is certain foods out there. I mean, I'm no new nutritionist or, or fitness instructor. I'm just going off what I do that's yeah, helped yeah, yeah. me over the years, to be <clears> honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It's like, look, as I said, everything sort of in 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 moderation, I guess, to a degree. But definitely, the getting out, getting the exercises, you know, as as much as you can, trying to do something like that. And like I said earlier, we are starting to see, which is amazing, a, a rise in 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 that in in the walking groups and lads getting out and talking in different meetups for men. Because as you said. You know, go back to two thousand and eight. There was nowhere for you to turn when you're. Right. mental health and well, it was, yeah i think we was chatting last week and and i was i was on the internet i was trying to find someone to talk to and there yeah, was yeah. um there was a there was some mental health people in in newcastle where you had to pay and go and see a psychiatrist or someone like that and they, mm-hmm. they wanted big money then you know it was like 40 50 pound an hour and all i wanted to do was was talk and i i think we said the other day i ended up 
I ended up in it, and I, I mean, I don't drink hardly, to be honest with you, but I ended up in an Alcoholics Anonymous, um, <laughs> yeah. like, free place to walk into, and, and it was the time when the um, when that volcano erupted in, in Iceland, you know, and I remember sitting in there, in, in some, and I thought, what, what am I doing in here, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, all, all I want to do is talk to someone, right, and just say yeah. that I've got a fog in my head, I need to shift it. Please, can someone help me? Right, what can I do? I just want to talk to you and talk about my problems. And and this is and and do you know what? I couldn't find that. I, I really and and that would have been a massive turning point to talk. And like the groups, like we said earlier, with with Man Club and Man Health and the other groups that are, are evolving around the country is brilliant. Honestly, yeah, it's it so is. so it really good. Is. It's brilliant. You know, it, it's it's fantastic. And and I wish. 12, 14 years ago, that that was there for me when 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 you could have talked to someone and go, do you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing, and that might have speeded up things for me. To be honest with you, it really, yeah. really. But yeah. yeah, going back to that, it's uh, I never forget that sitting in sitting in the place in Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean... <laughs> I, I basically sort of walked out of there and thought, I'm in I'm in the wrong place here. This is this is not the help I, I need up with yeah. the people around me. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah. to speak to someone with it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny actually. I was. I recorded a a, a, a it, the episode with Air in a couple of weeks time. I did a I, I was actually recording another episode this morning, um, <clears throat> with a guy Chiro in in London, and he was actually my life coach for the last few months, um, and we got chatting. And he the two of us had a similar story in terms of you know depression and anxiety and stuff and and suicide suicidal thoughts and. As you, as you know, we spoke. <clears throat> we spoke last week. Like I had planned my suicide. I knew what I was doing. I knew the day I was doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. And he was quite similar. And when we got chatting, we realised there was a, a lot of common ground there. Um, but <laughs> similar to you, when he kind of hit that rock bottom piece, and he was looking for somewhere to go and somebody to talk to, whatever he couldn't find, and he ended up chatting to a priest. Because it was the only person Whoa. he could find, and he, la- he kind of laughs it off now. He's like, "The only person I could talk to was a bloody priest," like you know. But, but like that, there was nowhere for him. There was nowhere yeah. for him to go. There was none of these groups that are out there, and that's why I think, you know, we we need to be doing so much more of this. Do you know what I mean? Of of, yeah. and even like, I know for me, right, when I have the conversation with somebody, and I talk about my mental health and the issues that I've had and, and people say, geez, I can't believe you're so open about it. I'm like, I have to be because we've been taught for years as men not to talk. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So then when it exactly. comes up, we don't know how to. We don't know how to have that conversation. We don't know how to listen to the other person who's trying to have that conversation. Um, and my whole thing is like, you know, the more men I speak to about mental health, hopefully the more men will start to talk about mental health and just normalize that conversation around around the whole issue but people are always surprised that i'm so open and honest about the struggles that i went through and you know the, the horrible year i had on the antidepressants the amount of alcohol i was drinking you know the shit i did to me you know the, the arguments and fights i was having with the wife and kids like i can't believe you're so open and honest about it I'm like you have to be because if i don't you tell my story it's, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna tell the other guy that you know what it's okay to talk about it Everyone thinks you you go through it on your own. No one believes that oh, I'm the only man who's gone through this. Nobody will understand what I'm going But actually, <laughs> there's a lot of men out there who'll understand yeah. what you're going through. And I think that's where those the rise in those groups now is coming from, is a lot of men are starting to realise, actually, I'm not alone in this one. There are men who truly understand what I'm going through and I can have a conversation about it. 
Yeah, it's um, the, the company I work for in my day job, um, they're, they're really big on mental health. And, and what we've done on, obviously, I, I, I work as an area manager on on construction sites. And they got um, a van in called the Lighthouse Van. And they've done talks on site, you know, about men's mental health. And it was amazing, you know, really good. They come in and, and they chatted to the lads in the, in, in, in the cabin and, and I've been giving out the leaflets from, from Man Club and Man Health. I've been leaving them in, in there as well, you know. So if any of the lads are going in there and they can pick them up and at least they've got, you know, a, a bit of a lifeline there, you know, because you, you don't know what's going in someone's mind, no. you know. You no. see and they may be okay on the outside, but inside it can be completely different, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like, the guy I was talking to earlier, I'd kind of hit the nail on the head as well. He's like, you know, behind closed doors, he's an absolute mess. At that time, and nobody was watching, you know. Um, but then, as soon as you open your front door and walk outside, boom! You put the mask on. You you kind of give out this facade of of normal, if that makes any sense. You know, yeah, you're yeah. always trying to smile, you're always trying to be happy with life, and, and, and it's, it's almost like a duck. You know, you're you're you look calm and cool exactly. on the top, but you're paddling like hell under, <laughs> underneath. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I like that there is a so much more. And even from a construction perspective then as well, because obviously, you know, there was a few posts that did around on, on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and stuff last year from um, a couple of different guys within the construction industry, because that's it. That's one of the, the, the bigger areas of suicide is, is, is men within, is. The, within the construction industry. So, um, and again, probably very stereotypical of me to say this, but... A lot of the men in the construction industry would think, oh, I have to be a man's man. I have to be this stoic, tough man leader. I don't talk about my mental health. I'm not saying that. And I'm just going to shut my mouth. I'll go for beers with the lads. I'll go to football at the weekend and I'll be the dad and I'll be the husband. But I'm not talking because we don't talk. Do you know what I mean? So I guess yeah. to see that the rise, especially within the construction industry, is is amazing. I, re, I I remember when when I went through a bad time in two thousand and eight, and I was working on a construction site, and obviously I was I was a manager on there, um, and I remember sitting in the car and just crying when I was getting to work in the morning because I didn't want to go out on site, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just really really. I mean, I didn't I never had suicidal thoughts, which I'm really pleased about, um, but it was just panic and anxiousness was massive. And I remember sitting in my car and, you know, the tears are just rolling down my face, you know, because I just, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd never yeah. had this situation come upon me before and I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, if, if you'd hurt yourself or broke your leg or something like that, someone's going to put a plaster on it and repair you. But when it's in your mind, you just can't put a first aid on it and, and go, oh, it's patched up and, and you're going to be better, Darren. But I remember sitting there and, and I was like, what's going on? What is going on here? You know, and, and that's when you need to talk to someone. That is the point where you need to reach out and go, right. And someone can say, listen, this is what you're suffering from. You know, once you start to re- receive some help and start talking to people, but it wasn't, wasn't a good place to be. And, and, and it did take me, like, like you said, a couple of years from getting made redundant. And I think all them bits and pieces of the recession of 2008 of, of losing my job, getting made redundant. Um, but, I come out of it, you know. I bought that shop, like you said. That was that was like a, a funny, a funny part of my life having a fishing tackle shop in a in a funny part of Sunderland, really. And then I got back into construction, you know, and and it was good. I ended up working down London, and I was a lot more confident. I still wasn't a hundred percent, but mm-hmm. it was like stepping stones. I was getting better and better and better. And then, like you said, when, once we went into lockdown, I absolutely loved it to be honest with you. Because when I was in the army, I was you know, I was on different places where 
you know, I could sit at home and watch Netflix in in in, in order a pizza and in, in, in you know, when I was in the army, there was none of that to be honest with you. You know, yeah, being yeah. The, when I went down to South Georgia, it was just on an island and the thirty of us were glacier and that on there and I said to my wife, Hey, this is and she's a really sociable person and she really struggled with it. But for me, I was happy, you know, but I had to have structure, you know, getting mm-hmm. up every day and it's like I said to you on a Friday night, I'd put my jeans on and, and have one or two cans of lager on a Friday night because I had my jeans on and sat downstairs watching the TV. But then when Monday come, I'd get up at my normal time and, and do what I do and then take the wife to work and, and not finish doing stuff in the garden till four o'clock. So it was like a structured day. You know, it wasn't a day in front of the TV playing on an Xbox, watching Netflix or whatever. I made that structured. And, and I think yeah. that's important, yeah. you know, I, I really, really do. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And I like what you said earlier as well <clears throat> about the the phone in the morning so i started doing that uh a few months ago um because we did right we get <laughs> we're in this world now where it's just constant and everyone does it you know you just have to look around you anywhere you go whether it's yeah. on the train on the bus even like even, even walking down the beach and you see people like that they're walking the dog but they've got their phone in their hand do you know what i mean it's it's constant information overload all the time um yeah. and when i started sort of went out on my own and you know doing the coaching thing and working for myself and that kind of stuff it's it you have to get yourself into that routine i guess every every morning you know because otherwise you'll just you'll dip again yeah. you know so um i found there was a great one actually mel oh, what's that? mel robinson's her name um she does this thing called the, the five second rule the nasa technique right so your brain is wired to protect you that's as primary job right so you've got five seconds to make a decision before your brain tries to talk you out of it right yeah yeah and the reason she goes that the nasa technique is because you count backwards from five because once you get to zero you have to go right there's there's nothing if you, if you count it upwards you could go to six and seven and eight and you keep prolonging it but if you count backwards you have to go so now <clears throat> in the morning time the phone will be there the alarm will go off i'll straight away won't hit the snooze i'll just turn it off and then five four three two one and i'm up and i'm out of bed and yeah. the phone goes into the pocket i don't even look at it like that until at least an hour or so after after getting up i'll come down and have me coffee do what i need to do first thing in the morning i sit at my desk and then once i'm sat at my desk and i open up my computer then it's like okay now i can start looking at things because otherwise you open up and you've got facebook instagram twitter TikTok notifications exactly. all over the place you've got different news coming in. you've all these external pressures coming into you and if you're already anxious if you're already suffering anxiety and stuff that's the worst thing you can wake up to every morning is all of that external noise oh, 100%, coming in 100%. you know so it I is always, a, um, so, sorry I, I, I always get up and make the bed and even if the wife's in there she goes darren what you're doing <laughs> like, i've got to have the bed made <laughs> just it's just talking her into you're it right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You, you, you're really right with the phone. Honestly, it it, it can be, and and, it, and you do right to, to leave it alone sometimes because it's information overload. And if you're anxious already, and and there's stuff coming at you at 100 miles an hour, and there's stuff in, and you just need to park it up. You know, many years ago, we didn't have these in our lives, did we? And we and, no. we, and we got on, you know, and, and we managed well enough without them. So uh, yeah, it is no, it, it's a good thing. I, I've only just started doing that to be honest with you. I was watching. Um, I was watching something on YouTube, you know, and it's just some some fitness stuff. And this bloke said, "Look, 
I don't look at my phone until eight, nine o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, you know, and I mm-hmm. thought, you know what, that's a really good idea, a really good idea, to be honest with you. And I think another thing, and I don't think we touched on it, is sleep. So I do try yeah. and, and, and it's massive. It's so, I've only realised that in the last few years, probably getting older as well, and, and where I'm exercising and getting your body to repair itself, but sleep for your mind is, is so, so important. And getting a good night's sleep with no distractions and, yeah. and bits and pieces. I mean, I've spent, we've got two dogs now, and they're upstairs, so I've been sleeping on the sofa now and again because it's so important for me to get seven or eight hours good night's sleep. And, yeah, and I've got yeah. um on my watch, which records me sleep and stuff like that, you know. So, in, and I feel better if I get a good night's sleep. I mean, in the mountains, is a little bit different because I'm normally up with my camera. <laughs> I normally get about three or four hours of sleep in, in the mountains because I'm always up and about and doing But yeah, at home, that is a never massive um yeah. improvement if you're having late nights after late nights in 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 doing stuff like that then i mean I, I try and get in for about about 10 o'clock really and then i'm up at six so try and hit that every night during the week weekends are a little bit different but sleep is as you probably know Matt, it, it's massive in it you know and i try not to eat after seven o'clock as well and stuff like that to just to try and put everything in my favor so it, it, yeah. it structures yeah. me ready for the next day yeah and it is like and it's like i found you're you're, you're you know, i'm glad you brought that one up actually because the, the sleep for me in my recovery was was massive like the the biggest i think above anything else like look obviously the 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 counseling and the psychotherapy and stuff was a huge part to it but even even after i came out of that and i came off the antidepressants and come off the medications and everything um i was still so 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 i actually i didn't bring this up last time we spoke um a lot of guys listen would know this but so i had night terrors and nightmares for 30 odd years like i i never slept properly um, okay. and <laughs> i don't know what it was why i had my I have no idea you know i am i remember being a teenager and i'd i'd wake up my hand would be sore and i'd say to my mom like in the morning fucking hands killing me today because you were punching the wall again last night so she'd hear me Whoa. Having a fight <laughs> and hitting, hitting the wall that was in between the bedrooms, like whatever. Um, and even my wife would say, like, I'd wake up with it, like a, a horror movie. You know, you see the guys kind of waking up like that. That was me every night of the week for 30 odd years. Wow. Um, and I got to a point where I didn't want to sleep. Do you know what I mean? I, it was almost like I, I, I just didn't want to. And I'd get into bed. And I think the worst thing that happened was the smartphone because that gave me something to do when I got into bed in the evening. I could turn Netflix on or I could watch a movie or I could endlessly scroll through videos on YouTube or, or, or whatever. But I would do that until I literally passed out. So I I could never just put the phone down and close my eyes and try to go. So it wouldn't work. I'd be giving me brain would be firing and all this kind of stuff. And then Justin, who I spoke to you about before, a guest on the show and good mate of mine is that, co-author of the book that we've written and released um he's big into he's a, he's a martial arts instructor he teaches uh, kung fu and martial arts to primary school kids uh, he's a teacher in a school so he got me into the qigong breathing and all that kind of stuff and now it's a ritual every night um technology gets turned off before i even go to bed the phone doesn't come near the bedroom now um i'll have me shower, get into bed, lie back, and then I'll do um like regular like almost like box breathing, just proper breathing techniques in and out, timing it so take deep breaths in for say six seconds after go out for six seconds, all of this kind of stuff. 
And I yeah. found after after a couple of weeks of doing it, I'm sleeping like a baby now. Like the difference yeah, is absolutely, and I haven't had a nightmare in months, <laughs> months. Well, um, but it's like you say, it's 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 finding that routine, isn't it? It's those, like I said earlier, those incremental changes, those little changes that you can do that make a huge, huge difference. Um, yeah. And I found, like, like as you, you know, as you quite rightly said, the sleep for me was was massive. It was, it was such an integral part of 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 my yeah. recovery. You know, it does. You you need that for your mind to 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 rebuild itself. And mm. it is. It's, uh, and like you said, I I didn't realize how important. It was. I mean, when you're in the army, you, you just learn to sleep on a clothesline, you know. And it's just <laughs> as, as I've got older, you, you realize you, you realize the importance of of how much it it really does help you. To be honest with you, having a good night's sleep, and I think it prepares you for the next day. You know, so if you've had a good day and you've, you've gone to bed and you've gone got some good sleep, you're ready for the next day. Then the next day, and then you're, you're building them stepping stones. To be honest with you, yeah, you really, yeah, are. and it is, and it's it's one of the first things. <clears throat> it's one of the first things I ask my my clients now and I take them on in the in the coaching side of it is so what's your sleep pattern like what does it look like how can we is that something we need to look at do you know what I mean and a lot of guys are like no no I'm fine and some of the lads would be like oh I, shit like I, I don't I don't sleep at all and then you have to break that down okay well why is that what are you doing at night can you leave the phone aside and one of the guys was like, oh, listen, I can leave my phone aside, but the wife still watches telly in the room. And it's like, mm, you might need to knock that off, buddy. Have the argument with her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I um... That's keeping you awake. That blue light technology is, is keeping you awake. It's yeah. destroying you. You know, watching, I can't remember the number on it now, but even watching like a few minutes of, of TV or your phone just before getting into bed, you may as well have had an espresso because your brain is firing at that point. You, know, you just, it it's takes right. so much time to calm it down. You need a good half an hour to an hour of no technology nothing before you actually go to bed so that you're yeah. you're getting your body prepared and then when you go into your room no bright lights dimly lit lights yet you're you're going to bed to sleep do you know what i mean you're going, your bedroom yeah. is for sleeping so you need to have it in that have it set up in that way and prepare yourself to go to bed almost but it is it's not stuff that you can do overnight you know you're some of the guys I talk to, you're, you're talking about changing 20, 30, 40 years of learned behavior. Do you know what I mean? Which isn't a, yeah. a quick thing. But even just making those little tiny changes makes such a, such a difference. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, it's important, yeah. I'm pleased we discussed it, to be honest with you. Like you said, yeah, we never yeah. brought absolutely ever day, did we, no, to be no, honest with you? No. But um, it's probably one of the most important things. Yeah, to, absolutely. It, it, you know, it, it, as well as exercising and, and trying to eat the right foods and stuff like that as well, um, definitely. But I think, yeah, no, it's, it, it is good, to be honest with you. And um, I'll be getting back out in the mountains as well shortly. Like I said, I, I took um, – it took me a week to recover, obviously, where, where I was ill. My, my wife said to me, I look like Gollum <laughs> after losing <laughs> a stone in weight, you know. <laughs> Because and but but the thing is it was weird because I was thinking about it the other day. My mind could have gone the other way again then because you know you can get depressed and, and think, well, what's happened? Yeah. You know, I've, I've I've not done the challenge. I've lost the stone in weight. You know, I've been working hard, but I just took it as a positive and thought, right, the mounds are still going to be there. I'm going to get back out. I'm going to complete the challenge. You know, I, I put the weight back on again and, and got to where I needed to be. And I've been back out in the mountains as you've probably seen on social media. Mm. You know, I've been back out in in the Lake District and doing some wild camping in bits and pieces. So just take the positives out of it, I thought, and, and then we get back out there and, and finish my challenge off, you know, and, and, and do it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have to say, I was I was gutted for you when, when when you had to pull the plug on. I remember 
because as I said, like I was introduced to you through uh, Adam in Man Club because he had started that and, and we're raising money for, for, for Man Health and, and Man Club, which are two charities local to you, which was fantastic what you were doing. Um, and then I remember a message and I was like, yeah, who's Darren? What's he, what's, what's the crack? What's he, what's he up to? What's he doing? So he was explaining. And I started following you, you know, started following you on Facebook and I was watching it and it was amazing because you could see the build up to it and then you were gone and you were off on it and you were, when you could, you were putting updates up every day of what you'd done, yeah. where you completed and there was such a, a buzz about it and you people come out and, and meet you and join you for bits and pieces of the walk here and there. It was, that's right, yeah. And then when I read the message you'd put up, the post you put up about having to to call it a day because you got sick, you I, I, you could feel how disappointed you were at it that you, oh, you weren't gosh. able to. Do you know what I mean? It was... do, do you know what? I put that up and do you know what? I, it was really good, right? And Adam from, from Man Club, he messaged me, right? And he goes, Darren, I've got to tell you about that. He said, and he's put a separate message and he put, how are you? And I thought, that's great, that is. Because he's asking how I am. And, and do you know yeah. what? And just a little yeah. message like that. And it's like we said the other day, it's like when you speak to someone and say, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. It's nice, isn't it? You know, and so mm. he sent me a separate message. And he put, but how are you, Darren? And I, I said to him, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Thanks for him. You know what I mean? It was just a nice little message just and just to, you know, to say, you know, get to hear that he didn't finish your challenge off and that. But um, it, it was good. Do you know what I mean? And, but but the day when I sent that message, I, I remember sat, sat down and I thought, I'm going to have to put, I mean, heart was telling me to carry on, right? But the mountains yeah, yeah. I was going up next were very remote. Um and I had to put my mountain leaves head on and say, you have to stop here. You need to get picked up. I was in a place of safety. I was near some barns in, in a in a little hostel area. So I wasn't in any danger. I was, mm-hmm. I was quite ill. Um, I, w- I was being sick, you know, running to the toilet. I, was, I wasn't I was in a good way. I had no energy whatsoever. A lot, you know, drinking lots of water and stuff like that. So my friend Ed come and picked me up and then took me back to my car. But even when I left Keswick to drive back home here, it took me hours and hours because I didn't have the energy to drive. I was having to stop to drink Lucozade and bits and pieces just to build the energy levels up to get yeah, home. Yeah. When I got home, I went. I basically went straight to bed for, for for a day and a half, and just spent two days on the toilet, you know. And then before I knew it, it's it's amazing, you know. Like to lose a stone in four days was just yeah, absolutely incredible. frightening, you know. But yeah, it was. But yeah, you, you, I've come out of it now. And um, whether or not I drunk some dodgy water or. I don't know, do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I'm re- I'm, I'm raring to go again. I'm, re- I'm raring to go. Brilliant, again. brilliant. So, 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 talk to me. So, what's the what's the plan? And when have you decided when you're going to go? Are you do you have to do a certain amount of training to build up to it? Because you you did what four days? Many days did you get done initially? I done three. I done three days. So I covered ninety kilometers in in three days. Um, over over thirty two mountains. So you've still got at least so fifteen, just over about averaging just over ten mountains a day, which is so that's ten rain rights. But that was walking to them, going over, and then going to the next one. So it is quite uh, quite. So I was walking from I was starting about half seven in the morning. I was finishing about eight o'clock at night, half eight at night, eight half eight, setting up my tent, um, and then obviously getting up in the morning and carry on. But I was quite structured again because it half past one two o'clock i was stopping i was forcing myself to stop for some lunch so even if it meant getting me cooker out cooking some noodles i made sure that i stopped for half an hour 20 yeah, minutes yeah. because i wanted to keep going you know and, and but i said no you need to stop because fuel in your body is massive you know really really important um of doing that so again me, me structure come into it drinking loads when i didn't need to if i don't need 
for I thought I didn't need water, I made myself drink. So I was drinking nearly five litres of water a day. Because wow. it was quite warm when you think back in May time. So in, yeah, yeah. in the mountains yeah. there, there was very little shade. So I was having a fine, but, but the other thing was where some of the streams were, because it's been so warm, they dried up. So I had to think of a plan B of somewhere where there was more water source. And I like to get the water source high up so it's it's, it's less polluted, really. So the higher up it is, the better when, you, when you're trying to take the water from the mountains. So uh -huh. I was trying to plan my route where some water could be, but potentially it might not be there. So I was looking on my map to see where the streams are, but it was days right. when I got there and they were they were bone dry. There was There was no water there. So I had to try and carry at least two to three waters with me liters of water with me all the time because i could be walking for four hours with no water yeah yeah so i had to make sure i was so whether or not on the on day three that i picked something up in you know a parasite in the water or something like that which, which took me out of the game i'm unsure because where it's been warm it, it could have obviously caused caused big problems to be honest with you but um but the day the day of my challenge is when the sort of the mini heat wave starts on the twenty first of May and then it just carried on and carried on. I thought, look at all this good weather, you know. And <laughs> so so so, the, so going back to your question is I'm gonna try and finish off over weekends. I've got to fit it in with, with my wife's job. Um but again, if I don't get it done now, I'll just start it again next year and, and go back out and do it. Or if I can do it this year over weekends, which the plan is, I'm gonna try and do it over some long weekends, go out for three or four days do a chunk of it and then carry on and carry on and then, and then get it done, you know, and, and raising money for a really, really good cause, to be honest. You know, I've raised over £1,700 so far, which I'm really, really pleased about for the for the two two charities, which I'm going to split down the middle there. So I've got a Just Giving page. Um, everything's on there. And like I said, it will continue. My, my story's on there about, obviously, how the mountains helped me as well, Matt. Mm -hmm. So there's a little piece on there about how being in the mountains has helped me and with my mental health and hence why I'm obviously doing the challenge. Brilliant, brilliant. And just briefly then, before we <clears throat> before we, we knock off, so you do a lot of work as well with, as you said earlier, right, the the um, uh, the veteran clubs and stuff like that up in and around uh, Durham and Sunderland and, 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 and yeah. that kind of area. But you, you take the guys out for walks and do do almost like that walk and walk and talk was, kind of stuff. How how do you find the guys are like the other soldiers and stuff? You've obviously, as you said, right, you've got that camaraderie with them, right? You've you've yeah, got that initial bond straight away. So how do you find the lads are receptive to opening up and talking and almost getting it off their chest while they're while they're walking? It's brilliant to be honest with you because I've, I've taken an array of different people now, and and some of them have been really nervous. You know, they 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 may be slightly overweight, a lot of drink, you know, drinking and stuff. They've come out and they goes, look, down, we can't get that far. But I goes, well, look, just come this far. So I try and take them out of their comfort zone just a little bit. They walk them for a couple of kilometers, mm -hmm. and they've achieved something. He goes, look, we never got to the top of the mountain. I said, but it's not always about getting to the top of the mountain. It's about getting out and walking and enjoying it and then coming back you know and and that's what i've done some of them have come up to the tops of mountains with me the the lads who are a little bit fitter and are maybe in a bit of in, in a better place where, where they are but some of the other lads are not but i still get them up there you know take them as far as they can and go look you know look look what we've achieved you've managed to get out of the van you've walked so far you've got to there then you've come back down again it's, it's a step in the right direction yeah, yeah do you know what i mean Matt? And, and that and i talk to the lads and you know some of them got PTSD and, and all different pieces like you know all, all different mental health but do you know what when we're out in the mountains they're just enjoying being outside you know it's like being a soldier again you know you're in the field you're carrying a rucksack you, you've got you know really really good and it, it honestly it's amazing and, and I do like helping the ex-veterans mate you know something I do as a volunteer to be honest with you I, I don't charge for it um 
I always help the veterans, to be honest with you. And that's why I've helped, like I said, Veterans in Crisis and Sunderland, Launchpad. I'll be doing more stuff with those guys as well shortly. So on my challenge, I had a day when they was going to come and join me. So we had some T-shirts made up for them. So on my challenge, I think it was day 13 um, out of the 18 days, they was going to come and meet me in the Lake District and walk for three or four hours. So I had another mountain leader to take them off the mountain, obviously, once we finished, you know. So yeah. that, that was the plan. Um, but obviously, I, I had to cut it short. But what I'm going to do is bring that day back in again. So once I go back out there, I'll contact uh, the two charities. And I think Adam's going to come out with his guys as well. And we're all going to meet up. And they might walk with me for two or three hours. But do you know what? That would be amazing. Absolutely yeah, be amazing, to be honest yeah. with you. To, you know, to have some people around you. It was like when I was doing my challenge, I had a tracker on me. So I didn't feel... I was by myself because I had a tracker who was tracking everything I was doing. So I knew there was people watching me like yourself and other mm -hmm. people going, where's Darren now? So even though I was in the mountains and the summer it was really remote, I still had people watching me all the time. So I knew people were like looking down on me. So yeah, it was good. It was really cool. Really cool. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And to say it, as I said, like from, <clears throat> I thought you were nuts <laughs> when I seen the challenge first and foremost. <laughs> I was like, what is this lad up to? Because it is, it's it's such a huge challenge to take on, like two hundred and fourteen mountains in, in in eighteen days. Like that's, it's not for the faint-hearted, you know. I get tired running the bath these days. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Never mind, never mind doing that kind of challenge. So I, I I take my hat off to you, buddy. It's it's absolutely incredible. And as you say, look, it's for an amazing cause. Two brilliant charities who are looking after the lads in their local area. Um. And, and just raising awareness about a very, very important subject. So I, I, I take my hat off to you, buddy. Well done. Thank you. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight, Darren. Thank you so much for taking the time out in the first place um, to, to, to do it. I, I really appreciate it. I really do. Um, and, and no doubt the, the lads will echo it as well. Everyone from, from Man Health and Man Club and, and any of the other men's mental health groups around the country and around uh, the, the uk and ireland thank you for raising awareness and for 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 doing your part in the fight really appreciate it yeah, thanks for having us Matt. much appreciated thank you i'll go buddy take care of yourself no problem cheers matt